0: My name is Brett. I happen to be pastor of this church. It's good to see all of you, but especially our guests. Welcome. Glad to have you in our house on this Easter Sunday. Turn with me over to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to look at the gospel. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ in word. 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to look at chapter, excuse me, verses 1 through 7. 1 Corinthians 15. Verses 1 through 7. The title of this message is Gospel Recognition and Retention. Gospel Recognition and Retention. Paul is writing, and he says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received and which you also stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3, For I delivered to you As of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of them who remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. Lord, help us as we study. Paul is doing what he can to try to evidence the fact that it is absolutely undeniable that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If you were to do a CSI on the moment, the forensics would tell you the only way we can explain this is by supernatural resurrection. The Corinthians were concerned that maybe the resurrection was a myth. Oh, they didn't mind being forgiven for their sin. In fact, they liked the fact that Jesus died for them but that he really raised. He rose from the dead, really. In chapter 15, the entire chapter is about the resurrection and helping the Corinthians understand that this is central to our faith. It's not ancillary. It's not just an addition on to the house of theology. It is the main room. If Christ be not raised, then neither are we, and we are still dead in our sins. See, the confirmation being he raised allows us to understand that he lived a sinless life if he died just like everybody else indeed he died there were other people who were crucified but if he did not rise from the dead then that meant that the sins for which he died were his own and he's still in the grave therefore he could not be the substitutionary benefit for any of us thus if he be not raised neither are we and this is why he makes great pains to say now he, raised, he rose from the dead and he appeared to Cephas, which was Peter, and he appeared to the other 12 disciples and then 500 other folks he appeared to, all of whom can say, I was there, I saw him, I witness. And then he appeared to James. Undeniable. Now, if he wanted to go through an apologetic that was even deeper, he could have, but he wasn't trying to lengthen the letter longer than it already was. I mean, 15 chapters is quite a letter. He was trying to let them understand that it's not just he who is proposing the resurrection, that there are hundreds of other people who evidence the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, to deny the fact that he did is to, to, to shun all the evidence we would say that is necessary for every other fact that we determine is historical how do we know that george washington lived because people were there who evidenced it how do we know that the civil war really happened folks were there who evidenced it how do we know that abe lincoln was really president we have documentation of it and paul is doing his best to say the resurrection really happened now the book of corinthians is beautiful in that it takes us from crucifixion to resurrection The first two chapters, Paul talks about the word of the cross being the most important thing because you got to start there. You can't just jump to resurrection because resurrection necessarily infers that you first died. Everybody wants to get to resurrection. They never want to go through death to get there, though. But there's no way around it. you got to come to the cross first. And he says, this cross... It's central to our faith. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us it is the power of God for salvation, he says in 1 Corinthians 1. And then in in chapter 2, he says, I determined when I was with you all, Corinthians, that I would know nothing other than Christ and him crucified. And so for two chapters, he talks about the cross. And then at the very end, he talks about the resurrection. And so we've got probably the most beautiful theological sandwich of Scripture in all of the Bible. Because in the middle, it's all about life. And sure enough, we come to the cross first and ultimately we're going to be bodily raised when he returns. But in the middle, we got to figure it out. And so then Paul talks about what unity looks like. Don't anybody say that I am a Paul or I am of Apollos or I am a Peter. Listen, let's all just be unified in this. Thing. all of us are of Christ. Talks about staying away from immorality. Some folk were doing some stuff in the church and not even the Gentile community did sleeping with their father's wife, have you lost your ever-loving spiritual mind? What's wrong with you? He said, deal with this and know that anybody who continually commits lives in spirit and immorality is, ex- is excluded from the kingdom of God. You can't get in. Let's live pure. He talks about how important it is to prefer others' weaknesses, that if there are people who have issues with how meat was sacrificed, if it was sacrificed to idols... And and some folk in the church say, Well, I can't I can't eat that. It's been sacrificed to it's dedicated to a, a demon. He said, Ah, I know idols don't exist, and so I can eat the meat regardless. But if somebody thinks that it has been and I am worshiping in a foreign place and that they think that because I'm eating, then I will not eat or drink anything that causes my brother to stumble. Then he says, Listen, y'all got power in the church. But you don't know how to use it. Folk talking in tongues all day long. Preacher talking in tongues. Choir sings in tongues. (laughs) Ushers tell you to sit down in tongues. It's crazy. (laughs) Y'all need to fix it. This is just stupid. Now, I like tongues, but y'all are foolish. This isn't working because when people come into your midst and don't know who you are and don't understand anything about these gifts, they say you're mad and I agree with them. You're crazy. And then he gets to the resurrection. So he helps them understand what life looks like in the middle. But he starts with the cross and ends with the resurrection. And he says here in chapter 15, I don't have a problem saying the same thing I've already said. Because people need to hear it twice. Some of y'all need to hear it like five, six times. Didn't get it the first time. Got a little bit more second. I know I need to hear things over. You ever go to a podcast? Anybody do podcasts in here? Raise your hand. That's really sad. That, that, that's really sad. Because you, you can get all of our messages in the church on podcasts. You download them to your, to your iPod or your phone or whatever it is. And you can listen to moi anytime you want. <laughs> now if you don't like me, find somebody who's preaching this gospel so you get it down on you on the inside. Because this one, one time isn't enough. It's just not enough. You need to hear it again and again and again so that you can be more right than you already are. Well, let's face it, when you come into church, you have an idea about what you want God to do for you, and you are looking for that one little word, that one little moment that's going to make your Sunday morning worth it. And so it might be one statement I make, and the rest of the 29 minutes, you don't even hear. And so you got to go back and re-listen to what you didn't get the first time. And Paul says, I'm going to give you the gospel again, but I want you to hear it again like you hear it for the first time refresh hit that button on the screen let this message be new to you you may have heard it theologically you may have heard it experientially you may have lived it a little but let it be brand new to you today like you hear it like you're hearing it for the first time and we're going to start in chapter in verse two and go through verse three and then work back back to verse one he says this, this is the message, and this is the prototypical message, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried according to the Scriptures, and that he rose from the dead according to the Scriptures. He died for our sins. Thank you, Lord. He was nailed to a cross so that we could be right. 2 Corinthians 5:21. For he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He took our pain. And it says according to the scriptures, there were passages in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled in his dying. And he could not have scripted it by manipulating the environment or the personalities involved in order to make it happen like this. Couldn't have done it. It says in Psalm 22 as David was writing this about his life it says my God my God why have you forsaken me and everything about Psalm 22 is that David can't figure out how in the world that I wind up here I am called to be king yet I'm on the run for my life the people that I have supported and helped don't want me they're not recognizing my leadership God why have you forsaken me he can't figure it out he's trying to wrestle with the circumstances They don't look anything like what what the end product is to be, and he's in the middle. And you have to be very, very careful about how you respond in the middle. It always needs to be with faith. Nothing wrong with asking questions, but a lot wrong with questioning. We can always say like Mary, how can this be? The angel comes to her and says, you're going to have a baby. She says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. She wasn't questioning. She was just saying, could you help me out a little bit? I'm not quite sure I know anything about this one nothing wrong with asking questions but there's a lot wrong with how Zachariah responded six months earlier when the angel came to him and, and, and Elizabeth and said you're going to have a baby and Zachariah was in his elderly years he was collecting social security and they hadn't had any children yet and, and, and even if you hadn't had any children if you're, if, now, now women are different I mean if they've been barren all their life they want to have a baby at any time but men you kind of press on after 60 <laughs> you just saying, this ain't supposed to be me. And so an angel come to you and you're thinking about moving to Florida. <laughs> and he says, you go have a baby. You say, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's a good one. But I prayed that prayer like 40 years ago. D- not now. <laughs> not now. No, no, no. <laughs> me and the missus, we, got, we just bought an RV. We're about to tour around. It's going to be really, uh, you're about to, questioning. Not wanting, not believing. David says, I can't figure this out. And Jesus quotes that as he's on the cross, realizing the people to whom I have been sent haven't received me. You've called me to reign, but this does not feel like a throne. God, help. I can't figure it out. Why have you forsaken me? Isaiah 53, bruised for our iniquities, crushed for our transgressions by his stripes we have been healed he was chastised for our peace that we might find rest he took on inconvenience and toil and tension such that he was pulled whatever it means relationally to be pulled away from the father pulled to such an extent that he quoted what David said there in Psalm 22 why have you forsaken me as humanity cried out he died According to the scriptures, he was also buried, put in a tomb, not just laid in the ground, but a a cave hollowed out in in the side of a mountain. The tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man. Joseph allowed him to to use his tomb. And when they laid Jesus there on a slab, as you could walk in and there was a a rock slab there, it says that they put a, a huge stone in front of the tomb. Most tombs were not sealed with a stone like this. Because generally speaking, the people who were in weren't going to get out. And there were a lot of mourners that wanted to come and pay their respects. And they wanted ease to get in. So many tombs were with gates. Rocks that you could move away. Stones put there that you could put back. This one was a 2,000 pound stone that was set uphill. And once the body was put on the inside, the stone, that, the stone that held the huge stone was pulled away and the stone rolled into place into a V. Now 2,000 pounds, that's a Toyota Corolla. That's a Honda Civic. That, that, that's a lot of weight. In a V now, it sits. Then there was a Roman seal put on the stone. That, was in between, that, that, that covered both the stone and the wall of the mountain so that the stone was to never be moved. If it was moved, it would break the seal. And if the seal was broken, whoever broke it would die. The reason the Roman seal was put there is because the Jews had heard about Jesus saying, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it. I'll bring it back up and they said to to the Romans they said now listen this man talked about rising from the dead and we don't believe it's going to happen but we we think that his disciples might come and take his body so if that happens and all of a sudden they say he's he's risen from the dead then the last state of our our, of our disputing this man's life will be worse than the former because we won't be able to do anything with a myth so please put a Roman guard around it and seal the tomb so that the disciples can't come and take him and so that they did put a seal there huge rock and a a Roman guard was 36 men who were duly incentivized to do their job well lest if they did not they die so you don't think they would need a 5 hour energy at (laughs) 1am you get my drift? I mean they they knew if if I fall asleep and these dudes come and try to take this body I'm dead awake they would be yet it's hard to resist an angel because an angel came in the middle of the night and put them all to sleep put them all just out cold knock them out not a hard thing to do for an agent stone was rolled away and jesus rose. now jesus you know he didn't need the stone to be rolled away this is a man who walked through walls after after he rose from the dead i mean the disciples were in the upper room scared to death for their lives and jesus comes while the door is locked into the room so he, he didn't need the stone rolled away so why was it important that the stone be rolled away that we know he rose if the seal was still on it we would think he's still on the inside when he rose from the dead the jewish leaders came and said well the disciples took him oh really those brave disciples those fellows that wouldn't show up at the cross because they were scared for their own lives those guys had ran in the Garden of Gethsemane when they came to get Jesus. And and and, 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 and John ran so strong one of the, 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 the soldiers tried to pull him away, pull him back, and John ran out of his clothes. First streaker in scripture. <laughs> Just kept on running. They, these brave disciples decided I'm going to stand up against 36 Roman guards. And I'm going to push away a 2,000-pound stone uphill, and I'm going to carry out the body of Jesus. Me and Samson got a lot going on. (laughs) These brave disciples, still hiding out the morning of the resurrection, scared for their own lives. Doesn't make any sense forensically. Circumstantially makes no sense. The only thing that does make sense is that he rose that somebody actually, for the first time, conquered death and did it not just for him, but for you. Oh, the beauty of this. And he rose according to the scriptures. It says in Job, and Job is one of my favorite characters in all the Bible. Job is a man. He would be my pastor if he were alive today. This is a guy who lived under, under such contrary circumstances and still kept his, his faith Without scripture one. He lived someplace between Noah and Abraham. The Bible had not been penned yet. And yet this man lost everything. Lost his family, kids. Lost the love of his wife. It says in, John, in, in Job chapter 19. That when he tries to turn to be affectionate to his wife and greet her. That his wife says your breath stank. Meaning not just you need a tic-tac. But the life that is you is horrible. Because breath and life were synonymous in the Old Testament. The life that is you is horrible. At one point she told him, why don't you just curse God and die? Now, I'm not saying she was a wicked woman. Everybody has their moments of weakness in the face of adversity. But this is what Job had to live with. He lost his businesses. He lost everything. His friends come to try to console him because they heard about his tragedy. And as they console him, they begin to accuse him, saying, now, we love you and we care for you, but this doesn't happen to people who are righteous, Joe. Just doesn't happen. And um, so, you need to fess up to us, what have you done? Because God doesn't allow this to happen to righteous people. Only the wicked this happens to. So, what have you done? He said, I ain't done nothing. Oh, you're lying now, which is only going to make it worse. So, why don't you just tell us what you've done? I haven't done it. You lied again. Tell it. On and on. And Job says, my friends come and accuse me wrongly. He even said, when I talk to my servants in my house, they don't even listen to what I got to say. I tell them, go get me some water. They go, poof. I used to have a voice in the marketplace and in the courts, and nobody even wants to get my opinion anymore. My life is a mess, but I know one thing. I know that my Redeemer, he lives. And he will make his stand on the last day. Oh, my goodness. Revelation came to this one. I don't know how he got that. But in order to be the Redeemer that we all know the Redeemer can be in order to fix us, you got to die first. And then he says he lives and he will take his stand on the last day. And then he goes further. He says, and though my flesh decay and waste away, I will see him afterwards. Ooh, 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 ooh. Not only does the Redeemer get up, but he does. Resurrection according to the scriptures. Now let's go back to verse 1. He says, now this gospel... That is is being given to you the second time This is what you need to do with it Not only is it prototypical in his message But it needs to be prototypical in your response Receive it If you receive this gospel The way you should It's going to change your life Secondly, you need to stand in it Thirdly, you need to make sure That you, you know this is the only message of salvation And fourthly, you need to make sure That you save it when it saves you so you need to receive it. And how do you need to receive this message? You need to receive it like James says. James says, make sure that you put aside all filthiness and, and, and the residual effect of wickedness in your, your life so that you might receive this gospel implanted in your souls, which is able to save you. James 1.21. The only way we are to receive this gospel and have, it, uh, have an effect in our life Is not just to hear it and mentally assent on Easter. It's not just to pay your dues once a year. But it is to take this message that you know to be true. And plant it down in your soul that you might bear some fruit for God. Make a difference on the planet that lasts for eternity. He says you take this word. You bring it down into your soul. You take it from your ears, from your head, drop it 18 inches and make it change your heart. Boy, when it changes your heart, it changes your life. You become a better person, the best version of you ever. And the beauty of this message is that as it grows and takes root down in your soul and the branches get larger, you keep getting upgraded. Anybody still working on DOS? Raise your hand, please. We want to help you. I mean, I don't even like Windows, but any Windows version is better than DOS. How about Windows XP? You still working on that? We get updates on your phone. I mean, you downloaded all those those apps. Every month you get an update. When's the last time you've been updated? Ought to happen every day. Every day, God's got a download for you that's to help you confront and approach your life differently because you got new circumstances today. There are new things coming at you and you need to know how to respond. And the way we get updated is that we stay in this word. We allow the implanted gospel to grow in our life until we can make a difference that changes the planet for good. I'm sorry, all y'all who came to hear a nice little message. Happy Easter, by the way. Happy Easter. (laughs) This is how we need to receive it. Secondly, we need to stand. If you don't receive the gospel like this, you can't stand. You can't stand against the wiles of the world. The storms that come, they're going to knock you over and knock you out. you got to be able to stand against sin, stand against greed, stand against immorality and lust. you got to be a man who's able to be faithful to your wife for 26 years like moi. Not because I am so good. But because I know I am so flawed that I run to the cross daily and say, Lord, not today. I'm not going to blow it today. I need your help. I, I, I'm, I'm a full-grown man just like every other man out there. I know what it means to be tempted to go the wrong way. But not today am I doing it. Not today, God. By your grace, not to grace. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. I never get past the Lord's Prayer. I don't grow out of it that you might stand in this gospel that saves you there's no other message it saves there's, there are messages that are self-help that make you feel a little bit better about yourself tomorrow and may help you approach circumstances a little differently so that they don't waylay you and, and you can succeed in life but they don't get you to eternity they don't take you past this planet they don't take you past the grave and this is the message of salvation that somebody actually took your eternal punishment they took your whooping. They took your sin. They took what you deserved and took it on themselves that you might have life. The great exchange where it doesn't seem like it benefited Christ at all. We're the only ones that seem to have received benefit from this. I don't know why he did it. I might have just stayed in glory if I knew all y'all and I was him. Go and die for them. Most of them won't even receive me. Are you kidding me, my God? But that kind of love it's unusual, and he expressed it for you. This is the only way to be saved. And lastly, not only do you need to be saved by this message, but you need to save this message. If, if, if something, something you're reading on the Internet pops on your screen, and you really like it, and you know it's going to benefit you later, what do you do before you close it out? Talk to me. Save it. Save it. Save it. I wish you'd do that with messages like this. Before you leave, rather than close out the message, hit save. Save. In your devotional every day, hit save. He says this, this message will save you if you hold fast to the word which was preached, unless you believed in vain. You have to make sure intentionally you hold fast to what you hear. It's not about just bringing some, some spiritual tenalization to you. Oh, that's a word, Brett. Some spiritual inspiration to your mind. It's not about just inspiring you for a minute. This is about helping you to become better. Not smarter. Better. The best version of you ever. But you've got to hold fast to this message. You have to save it. What you hear, you keep. And as you keep it, God begins to keep you even more. Now, it's not that he turns it up any. It's that you realize it more. Let this message be heard like it's the first time for you. Hit a refresh button and save it.